Hello, this is Dr. Michael Greger, and today we'll be mapping protein on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with Dr. Michael Greger, a founding member and fellow of the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Michael Greger, MD, is a physician, New York Times bestselling author, and internationally recognized speaker on nutrition. He has videos on more than 2,000 health topics freely available at nutritionfacts.org, which you'll find linked in the show notes, and new videos and articles uploaded almost every day. Dr. Greger has lectured at the Conference on World Affairs, testified before Congress, and was invited as an expert witness in the defense of Oprah Winfrey in the infamous meat defamation trial. He is a graduate of Cornell University School of Agriculture and Tufts University School of Medicine. His latest books, How Not to Die, The How Not to Die Cookbook, and How Not to Diet, also linked in the show notes, all became instant New York Times bestsellers. All proceeds he receives from the sales of his books go to charity. I love that we get to highlight different perspectives and approaches on the podcast. And as you'll hear from Dr. Greger, he is a proponent of a plant-based whole foods diet. So let's dive in and look at protein from this perspective. Dr. Greger, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. So excited to be here. Let's do this. Let's do it. We're talking protein today. So exciting. Start us out just with your concept of what makes up protein and possibly what it does in the body. Why do we need it? Well, uh, protein uh, is uh, composed of amino acids, many of which are essential, meaning our bodies can't make them. We have to get them in our diet. And our body uses protein for a variety of purposes, probably during the pandemic, uh, most importantly, to make antibodies, but also structural components of the body, you name it. In fact, it's one of our macronutrients. We need exactly. literally grams of the stuff every single day. And if we go too long without getting it, we don't do so well. So 0.8 grams per healthy kilogram body weight. And the healthiest sources are those without the baggage of uh, saturated fat, cholesterol, etc. So plant sources of protein are the healthiest because then you get the bonus of the fiber and the phytonutrients and the antioxidants and, uh, you know, all the other good stuff along with it. So well said, Dr. Greger. When we think about proteins and we think about protein in the body, what historically did people realize about the need for protein? Uh, well, there was the so-called protein myth. So we used to think that, uh, I mean, in fact, the name 
protein comes from the same root as like, uh, you know, uh, Proteus or, uh, you know, uh, protein, you know, importance. And so there we used to have, you know, much higher levels of protein. There were these these infamous studies done on uh, poverty stricken folks um, where uh, pregnant women were given um, a few meals of meat a day in an attempt to uh, double their protein intake. And turns out they did very poorly. Their children grew up uh, with uh, much higher rates of chronic disease. Mm. Um, and messed up their whole cortical axis. And uh, so we actually need much less protein. In fact, you know, that breast milk, human breast milk actually has the lowest protein of any other mammal on the planet uh, that we know of. And so uh, I think we went into this thinking that we needed like rat levels of rat milk levels of protein. And that's why levels of uh, protein in, uh, you know, infant formula were so high for so long, but it was actually found to be damaging. And so we brought it back down to earth to uh, what uh, human evolution has designed over millions of years to be perfect amount of protein for people and for adults. It comes out to 0.8 grams per health scale of gram body weight. Super easy to get. Not something to even worry about. Think about it. if you're eating a variety of whole plant foods, you don't have to worry about getting enough protein. Well, I want to talk about that plant food protein in just a moment, but I'm wondering if we just sit on the left side of the matrix for a minute, looking at the mediators. Is there something that we have to do in the body to help us digest and absorb protein that you have seen people have difficulty with? No one has problems digesting protein because we have. We have enzymes made out of protein mm-hmm. that um, uh, these proteases that chop up the proteins and we can recycle the amino acids. And so it's really just getting, you know, uh, enough essential amino acids. And it's important to recognize that all essential amino acids come from one place and that the ground, the plants. I mean, so all the essential amino acids in a steak that only are there because the cow ate plants. They're essential, meaning we can't make them. Neither can the cow. They all come. Uh, from the earth, and we can cut out the middle moo um, by going straight to the source, get all the protein we need, and plus have all the other benefits of getting our uh, uh, protein from uh, legumes, beans, split peas, chickpeas, and lentils, really the plant protein superstars of the kingdom. Do you find these days you get a lot of pushback on that because there's more of a movement towards that high-protein, high-fat dietary intake? Oh, there's no pushback by anybody who knows anything. I mean, there's pushback on the internet. There's pushback on, you know, check out all magazines. There's pushback on uh, trying to, you know, feed people bacon butter diets um, because people like to hearing good news about bad habits. I mean, you know, uh, it's the reason why you don't hear people, you know, putting, you know, broccoli on the cover of the of the magazine. But the, the, there's a consensus in the scientific community to the core tenets of healthy eating, healthy living, you can go to truehealthinitiative.org, which is uh, started by David Katz at uh, Yale. We basically brought together hundreds of the top nutrition professionals in the world, like Walt Willett at Harvard, to agree to a consensus statement as to what is the healthiest diet, healthiest lifestyle. And it's a diet centered around whole plant foods. It's It's a settled question. It's just a matter of commercial and ideological conflicts of interest that lead people to tout all sorts of nonsense on the internet. Yeah, it makes me just wonder if some of the challenges that we have digestively that do come up as issues with digesting protein, let's say in relation to stomach acid, actually stem from eating too much or too much of certain forms and that we see, of course, downstream issues that result from the intake that 
aren't the obvious ones that you're speaking to, but some additional ones that crop up along the way. Regardless of how well we're digesting, some amino acids, some protein does end up in the colon and that mm-hmm. uh, fosters growth of, uh, of bad bacteria. Right. We want our uh, gut to be uh, to foster the growth of fiber-eating bacteria, uh, not uh, the protein eaters, which lead to hydrogen sulfide and all sorts of other bad things in the gut. And uh, so that's why we don't want to eat ac- – one of the reasons we don't want to eat excess protein – also, excess protein increases levels of IGF-1, a cancer-promoting growth hormone. Right. Um, uh, and so there's all sorts of reasons. Oh, look, methionine. I mean, if there's one thing um, that we see in the literature in terms of longevity is methionine restriction. And, you know, so, uh, you know, uh, where is methionine found? Largely, uh, you know, meat, dairy, and eggs, animal proteins. Again, another reason to uh, shoot for legumes as the preferred source. So... When we look at the center part of the matrix, this is the area that I call the soup of the matrix. Everything is connected in this area. If we're to tick around and think about where protein consumption supports that area and where it might actually do damage if there's too much or not enough, is there anything that you see that pops out at you? Well, uh, so again, too much protein can increase uh, these cancer-promoting growth hormones. Um, too little protein, well, then you're going to run into all sorts of problems with immune function and wound healing. And, exactly. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, but who, I mean, how many pa- cases of quashiorquor have you seen recently? I mean, you know, we're not really um, seeing uh, deficiency, nutritional deficiency these days. You know, it's very, true. very pellagra. What we're seeing are uh, diseases and nutritional excess. Yes, it's you true. Know, too much saturated fat, too much sodium, too much junk in people's diet, um, and, uh, and frankly, too much protein. And so there was, you know, these studies I talk about in my latest book, How Not to Diet, where they took people on putting on, on so-called protein-restricted diets, and it wasn't protein. They just had people eat the recommended amount of protein. Mm-hmm. So they took people eating, you know, about 150 grams a day, which is more kind of the typical American male intake, dropping down to 75, cut their protein and half and had tremendous metabolic benefits mm-hmm. and so they were actually eating more calories but actually gaining less body fat all sorts of benefits to so-called protein restriction but no it's eating a, uh, the recommended amount of protein um, and so it was the excess protein that the people were eating regularly that was actually uh, damaging from a you know cardiometabolic standpoint and what about the hormones and mental health issues are there any is there any research you're so good at pulling all the research together that speaks to the protein necessities for those functions well i mean so um, excessive protein intake increases uh, cortisol secretion mm-hmm. which can impair immunity and have all sorts of uh, long-term negative effects if elevated for too long. Obviously, you need enough, but again, people aren't, uh, you know, dying from protein malnutrition these days in most of the world. And in terms of mental health, uh, certainly um, amino acids in the blood can crowd right. out, you know, tryptophan from uh, crossing the blood-brain barrier. And so, if you wanted to make lots of serotonin, you would eat, you know, low-protein diets to uh, facilitate, um, you know, crossing the blood-brain barrier and actually get. Uh, and that's why, for example, you can put give people like, uh, you know, butternut squash seeds and give a significant improvement in generalized anxiety disorder. Hmm. And so it's basically you're, uh, you know, giving uh, tryptophan-rich foods in the context of a low-protein diet. Yeah, it's so interesting. If you were to articulate your approach to diet overall, what are the words that you would say? 
whole food plant-based diet. So a diet centered around a whole plant food. So, uh, you know, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, uh, legumes, beans, split peas, chickpeas, lentils, nuts and seeds, herbs and spices, mushrooms, basically real food that grows out of the ground. These are our healthiest choices. And if we think about people who are thinking they need to eat more protein because of issues like blood sugar imbalances or anything like that, what's your recommendation there about what's going on in their body? They need to stop reading Check Out Isle magazines and uh, and go to nutritionfacts.org or pick up, uh, you know, I mean, look, they need to, I mean, it's not uh, uh, people on average, uh, certainly in the uh, industrialized world, are getting too much protein, not yes. too little. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, so you have to ask, well, why do you think you need protein? They say, oh, I need more. I feel like I need energy or need where, okay, well, then, then we said, that's what we should look at. We exactly. shouldn't look at um, I mean, unless you are extreme, you know, doing some extreme calorie restrictions. So people, I mean, those are the only people. So 97% of Americans reach the uh, average uh, estimated daily intake for protein. So what's those 3%? Those 3% are on, you know, these extreme, uh, you know, 600 calorie diets or something. If you're just eating 600 calories, it's difficult to get enough macronutrients in. Um, and so, uh, you know, yeah, so, uh, people should not be dropping caloric intakes that low, um, for more than a few days without, uh, physician supervision. Right. When you look at the matrix, if you would be so kind to do so, is there anything else that comes to mind for you that you just really want to alert practitioners to regarding protein, protein intake, and the way we're helping clients with, or patients with myriad problems? Well, look, inflammation. I mean, the uh, if you look at uh, an anti-inflammatory diet is a plant-based diet, synonymous with a plant-based diet. Now, yes, there are some meats like wild game that cause less inflammation compared to, you know, supermarket bought meat. But why suffer any inflammation at all? Why not eat foods that actually have an anti-inflammatory effect mm -hmm. like um, whole plant foods? Right. Eat the rainbow is how we like to remind people Love to do it. it. Love it. Yeah. Beautiful. And uh, not in Fruit Loop form. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not even on the radar. I clearly live in a bubble where eating the rainbow would not include Fruit Loops. <laughs> right. Right. would be like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm not eating enough colors of marshmallows. <laughs> right. Must remember that we're not talking about marshmallows when we talk about eating the rainbow. Thank you so much, Dr. Greger, for talking to us about protein and illuminating the benefits of our plant proteins. So happy to help. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, and production support from Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook, along with sound production by Rowan Bradley. You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready and waiting for you, please go to 15minutematrix.com for slash notify. We'll be sure to drop into your inbox with a short reminder that a new episode is ready and waiting for you. You also have an open invitation to email us. We want to know who you'd like to hear on the podcast and what you'd like to see mapped on the 15-Minute Matrix. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com.